You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast with Pastor Rick Francis. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. So welcome to the Vineyard. We're looking at face-to-face with God today. We're going to go back into the Old Covenant. If you got your Bibles, you can open to Exodus 33. <clears throat> if you forgot your Bible, you're in luck. It's on the screen. Let's see. Exodus is still where it was. Exodus 33. Listen to the reading of God's Word, beginning at verse 10. Whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance to the tent, they all stood and worshipped, each one at the entrance to his tent. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks with his friend. Then Moses would return to the camp, but his young aide Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. Does that grab you? Oh, my. When I was reading this, you know, I don't know, when, when, when you read the scriptures, do you always kind of want to be the, the star of the passage? I've been told I'm the bull-headed Moses. You know, so... But when I, when I read those verses, my heart resonates with Joshua. You know, there, there was something very unique about Joshua that when, when the one that he was servant to, he was serving Moses, went into the tent of meeting to meet with God, Joshua never wanted to leave the place where God showed up. Mm-hmm. I've, I've been reading, you know, the Exodus and... and I've been kind of honked with Moses, you know. He comes down, he sees the golden calf, and I understand that he's upset. I probably don't really appreciate the full level of of how angry he is because I read the rest of the book and I know what's going to happen, but he doesn't at the time. But when he breaks the tablets that were the works of God, the writing of God, I'm just saying... Moses, how could you do that? I don't care what they're doing. I'm not going to break these tablets that God gave. There's no way. So I'm a little, I'm a little ticked with Moses, you know, back earlier in the, in the book. And then I get to here and I'm thinking, man, if God was in the tent, oh, Moses got to lead everybody. Nuts. And sometimes I, 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 I catch that. Joshua, he's staying at the tent and enjoying the presence, the residual glory that would be on the place where God showed up until it was his time to lead. I don't know where you are in your preparation, where where God's got you. Most of us are over 20 in here. Few of us aren't. And I just want to encourage all the young ones to stay as close to the tent, to the place where God shows up. Stay as close to that until it's your turn, it's your time to lead. So when I read this, I just thought, oh, my heart still wants to stay at the tent, but it's time to lead. It's like, oh, I feel torn. But I love Joshua. I just love Joshua. So Moses said to the Lord, you have been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name, and you have found favor with me. 
If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. The Lord replied, my presence, capital P, my presence will go with you. And I will give you rest. Okay, sleep folks, right there, let's, let's claim it. I will give you rest. We're getting rest today. Rest is coming. We're going to believe God for rest. Then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me from your people, from all other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked, because I am pleased with you, and I know you by name. Then Moses said, show me your glory. And the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you, and I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face, for no one can see me and live. Then the Lord said, There is a place near me where you may stand on a rock. When my glory passes by, I will put you in the cleft in the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. And then you will remove my, then I will remove my hand and you will see my back, but my face must not be seen. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, give us ears to hear and eyes to see and a heart to understand what you are saying to the church today. Open the word. Make it living. Take it off of letters printed on a page and bring it into full, full life to each one of us. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm-hmm-hmm. I like it when Moses starts to remind the Lord what the Lord said as if the Lord ever forgot what he said. Don't you like that? I I highlight it in red. You have been telling me, lead these people. Okay? That's the first thing the Lord told him. Lead these people. But he's got a question. He needs something to help his insecurity. He needs a presence. You have said, secondly, I know you by name and you have found favor with me. All right. That sounds good. Do you ever feel like he knows your name? Mm-hmm. That's one of the fun things about treasure hunts. When the Lord gives you a word of knowledge about someone else and you know their name and they don't know you and they can't figure out how you got to know their name. And then when they find out it's because the Lord had revealed it to you, they make this little move of transitivity, all you geometry people, and it goes through and they realize if you know their name and God told you their name, then God knows their name. 
and they start to understand that the Lord knows them by name. And when you realize that the Lord knows you by name, then that, that does something to you a little bit more that for God so loved the world that he gave. And, and it starts to really get personal and you understand that the Lord really knows you and he knows your name. And here, here he's telling Moses, I know you. I know you by name and you have found favor with me. Anybody need more favor with God? Anybody want a little more favor? Yeah, yeah. Have you enjoyed the favor that you've had? Isn't that pretty amazing? I love it when I'm aware that his favor is resting on me. You know, what, I, I, if, we, if we took a few moments and just had testimonies, I wonder what kind of things we'd hear if, if people started expressing, you know, when I feel the favor on the Lord upon me, this is what I experience. And it could be in the midst of all of anxious circumstances, you feel a deep peace. It could be in the midst of, of emotional upheaval and turmoil, you just feel a, a, a stability uh, that, as though there, that there's something solid that, that you're standing on and your circumstances aren't going to control you. Wow, what's it like to have favor? For all you Super Mario players, Yay. favor to me is like when you get that invincibility thing and you can just run through everything. You've got the favor of God and those little duck things can't hurt you and the little turtle things can't hurt you and you just zip through and you knock them all off the, the ledge and you just go because you've got the favor. It almost brings a sense of invincibility that when you have the favor of God upon your life, you have everything you need in that moment in time and space. And as you pursue the direction that he's leading you, you know that nothing's going to stop it. Nothing's going to stop the gospel Nothing's going to stop you as you become a carrier of the, pro of the presence, carrier of the gospel. You're going through and you're just running right through everything. <sighs> Invincible. Hmm. I like that. That's pretty cool. Whatever favor means to you, there's more. There's always more favor. God's love for us will never increase. His love for us is eternal. It's infinite. He can't add another, another ounce of his expression of love, but his favor can increase. Jesus taught us that. He grew in stature and in favor with God and man. Favor is something that you can grow in. And Moses discovered that as he began to grow in this journey with God. There's also things that can kind of thwart favor. Have you noticed that? Anybody notice that? Nobody noticed that? It's amazing how you can you feel invincible one minute and step out of favor. I don't know how you step out of favor, but for me sometimes I get confused of who's knocking over the ducks and the turtles. And I, as soon as I start thinking it's me, all of a sudden I realize that I'm getting a little bit out of the favor and now it's taking a little more effort to get down the road. Sometimes it can be direct disobedience. Sometimes the enemy leads us in, in different ways that uh, is kind of subtle and it's, it's going to our particular tendency and, and need and wounding. 
And so we think we're going to get more acceptance if we perform a little harder. So we perform a little harder and we're no longer walking in the grace and the anointing that the Lord's given us. And now we're trying to really, really push through and, and there's just no favor there. Ouch, that's not good. But let's increase favor. Obedience seems to be really important to that. And also loving from our heart seems to have a huge part to play with that as well. So those are the things that he says. The Lord replied and he says, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. His presence will go with us and he'll give us rest. That's so wonderful. I love it. Hmm. Whenever you're facing something new and you're going into uncharted territories, there's always going to be a little bit of anxiety. I call it healthy nervousness. It's not the insecurity and it's not fear, but it's like, you know, I don't know how this is going to play out, but I can feel that my senses are, are right, they're right up on top. And it just makes me a little more sensitive to what the Holy Spirit's doing. And long as I keep, long as I keep that dynamic focused in, in the Spirit, it really serves me well. But when I lose contact with the Spirit, and now I'm letting my heightened sense of anticipation, and it starts trickling over into fear, oh, it can get me in all sorts of trouble. All of a sudden, I'm, I'm, I'm going places where the Lord's not going. And it's like, that's no fun. We want to stay on the path where the Lord's given us and continue to walk down that road. And so here's Moses. God has supernaturally demonstrated his power in all the plagues, in the Red Sea, in the pillar, uh, the cloud by day, the pillar of fire at night, uh, the supernatural provision of food, uh, all the different ways in which their needs have been met. And now here they are, and they're ready to move on. And he says, you got to go with us. If you don't go with us, what's going to make us different? And when I look at the Old Testament and, I, and I'm looking at Moses' relationship with God and I, and I contrast that and I compare it to what's happening for us today in the New Testament, living on this side of Jesus and the revelation that Jesus gives us of the Father, and, and I start understanding some of this stuff, it's, it's, it, it kind of always just catches me like, boy, I really wish that they knew what we knew. Sure could have made that trip a little easier, couldn't it? And, and here's, here's Moses, and, and he realizes he's got to have the presence. And isn't that true for us? Whether you're living within your family environment or you're living and, and doing work in the business world, you've got to have a sense that the Lord is with you and that he is preparing the way for you. And as he's leading you and guiding you and giving you wisdom, on what direction to take the business, what aspect to, to put emphasis this year, where you need to draw back, where you need to regroup, all those kind of things. As, as the Lord is with you, you're, you're pretty confident when you're going on in, in, into the journey. And when I look at this and, and what Moses is crying out is the very dynamic that we have with the Holy Spirit. Today, as, as, as we're, we're not to go it alone. 
You know, as Danny talked last week, and he was talking about if we walk in the Spirit, and that there's a, a real sense of walking in the Spirit, that as we're keeping in step, you know, the Greek is the sunalambanomai, as, as the Holy Spirit comes alongside to walk with us in whatever we're going through, in whatever our next step is, he's there to escort us and to be with us in it. I think that's pretty, pretty interesting. We've got the Holy Spirit who comes and is alongside of us, but he indwells within us. And then when we, you know, hear Jesus's prayer and we understand that the Father and the Son, the love that the Father has for the Son is, is the same love that he has for us and that Jesus is in us and that we are in Jesus. And we start getting all this dynamic to going. It's like, Man, if Moses had what we had, that walk would have been a piece of cake. Wouldn't it? Mm -hmm. Just been so simple. Just go in, release the presence of the Lord, let the enemies all fall, take over the land. We're there. We're in the promised land. <clears throat> That's how easy it is for us, isn't it? Everybody's in the promised land. Oh, yeah. We're all in it. <laughs> From where we are, we look back to where Moses was, and we say, "Man, if he'd had the, if he would have had the ability to access and to appropriate all the resources that we have now in Christ, as the Holy Spirit's been given to the earth, this conquest thing, this entering into the promised land, this should be simple." And then I look at us. <laughs> We've got it all. We have it all. We've got it on our computer. We've got it on our iPod, our iPad. We have it on our iPhone. We have it on our tablet. We, 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 we have all of this everywhere. We have conferences everywhere. We've got places where a great outpourings of the Spirit, anointings, everything that's happening. We've got Sockham. We've got all this stuff. Why is it that it still feels like we're on the other side of the Jordan? Hmm. Stay tuned. <laughs> hmm. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go for us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all other people on the face of the earth? And the answer is you're a new creation. Oh, yes. There has been nothing like you when you said yes to Jesus and invited him into your heart and asked him to forgive you of your sins and to take an abiding and dwelling remaining presence in your life. There has never been anything like you on the earth. <laughs> you're a whole new, you're a whole new species. You're what God intended mankind to look like. The only way we lose is when we don't understand who we are. The only way we, we can't continue to move into the promises, all the promises in the scriptures concerning God's people and God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven is when we don't understand who we are. When we don't understand who we are, then we move in fear, 
We move in anxiety. We move in unbelief and doubt. We move thinking that we're less than what we are. And as a result of that, we settle for far less than we ever have. I'm convinced one of the reasons why we don't know who we are is because we haven't seen who he is. When we see him in all his glory and we realize that we're created in his image, then it will have an effect on how we see ourselves. Show me your glory is the cry of Moses. And it's been the cry of my heart for I don't know how long. Lord, show me your glory. And what I see of, of, uh, when, when I see his glory, it has a, a transforming effect on me. And then when I don't believe, it's like the glory fades. And I need to see his glory more fully. That's why the relationship with Jesus is not a one-time event that gets you your pass into heaven. It's a lifetime love relationship that is so intimate It uses the language of marriage. He is the bridegroom, we are the bride. And the intimacies that we are to have with with Jesus is continuous. Let's look at some of these things. Moses couldn't see face to face with God yet. Earlier in the verse, it says, and Moses talked face to face with God. (laughs) I just love that. You know, he's face to face to God. I think that meant that he was in his presence. He was in his presence. And, and here, at the end of this passage, it says, but you can, you know, he's going to show his glory, but Moses can only see part of his glory, the back part. And so God protects him, and he goes by, and he sees the backside of God's glory, and he's overwhelmed. He radiates. He, he radiates the presence of the Lord. Every time he goes in the tent, he comes out, he has to put the veil over his face because he's been in the presence of God. When you're in the presence of God, you'll find that you reflect his glory. If you want more glory, spend more time with him. It's as simple as that. Spend more time with him. You'll get more of his glory. You'll see him for who he is and you'll understand more fully who you are. Have you ever kind of walked away from the Lord for a while? And all of a sudden you kind of lose what he's like and you kind of lose who you are and before you know it, you're behaving in ways that are not commendable. You're just not, you're just not measuring up to, you know, Mrs. Williams' second grade Sunday school class policy. You know, you're supposed to keep up. You know, we don't lie, we don't cheat, we don't do, we don't steal. And all, it's amazing how, how when we get away from his presence, we, we lose a sense of who we are because we don't see him as he truly is. And so, When I look at this with Moses, I'm saying, oh, I wish you could have seen more than just his backside. But you saw his backside, good start, good start. Keep, 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 keep it up. This side of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, having seen the exact representation of the Father when we see the Son, we see the fullness of his glory. And then when we see the resurrected Christ, the disciples see him in his glory. <laughs> when they go on the Mount of Transfiguration, they see, they see him transfigured in all his glory and, and they're undone. And they, they see him more. There's more to be seen. I want to encourage you to keep pressing in, keep pursuing a greater intimacy with the Lord because there's always more. And when we see him, 
we get to see him face to face. Now there's passages in the New Testament that still talks about that ultimate climax of seeing him, you know, and, and finally we'll be like him because we'll see him as he is. That's in 1 John 3, 2. Dear friends, we are now children of God and what we, ha- what we will be has not yet been made known, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. Oh, yeah. And it's like when we see him as he is, we get transformed into that. And I've always read that as, an eschatological reality. Everybody impressed with my big word? Okay, come on. Uh, educated. The end times. I've always associated that when, when we die, when we, when, when we leave this reality, we go to heaven, we see him as he is and we'll be transformed. But that's not exactly what the scripture's saying. I believe that anytime you see him, you're going to be transformed because you're going to see him as he, as he is. We continue, look at some of these other new passages, you know, in in 1 Corinthians 13, it says, but now we see, but a poor reflection as in a mirror, then we shall see face to face. I now know in part, then I shall know, even as I am fully known. This is after the resurrection. Okay, so he's talking and he's talking in a context that he hasn't seen at all. It's it's a dim, it's like in a mirror. But the call is to keep looking. Keep looking. I'm not going to tell you 100% that I know that you can see him today in all his glory, but I know it should be the pursuit of your heart to see more than you see today and to continue to pursue to see more and more and more. Why? Because when you see him, you're transformed. 2 Corinthians 3.13 For we are not like Moses who put a veil over his face to keep the Israelites from gazing at it while the radiance was fading away. In verse 17, now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into his likeness with an ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the spirit. And the last of Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 4, 6 For God said, let shine out of darkness, made his light shine into our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ Jesus. That's this last verse that just kind of, to me, kind of brings them all together. And it says, keep looking into the glorious face of Christ Jesus. Because as you look into the glorious face of Christ Jesus, all this stuff starts to happen the transformation starts to happen. You'll find greater freedom because as you look into the face of the Lord Jesus and see the glory, all the glory of of the Lord in the face of Jesus, it transforms us. It changes us from the inside out. It makes us when we're afraid and timid, it gives us the bold courage that we all need in this day. It, 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 It changes the way we hear the the word cancer. When we see cancer in the fullness of the glory of the face of the Lord Jesus, we don't fear. We know he's greater than cancer. He has greater power and authority over cancer, over every sickness, disease, illness. He has ability. He has an enabling grace that he wants to bestow upon each one that is bound in addictions, that's bound in illness, infirmity, sickness, He wants to to liberate. And the key 
for, for me, and I, I can, will continue to preach this till I'm dead. <laughs> the more we're close, the more we see his glory, the more we look face to face, the more we enter into that intimate relationship with him. the more of the promises we'll see actualized. We'll see his kingdom come, his will be done on earth, just as it is in heaven. Oh, yes. On earth, just as it is in heaven. I would love to just blow up the theology that says we got to wait for it to be a reality. I would love to get every Christian that has resigned themselves that this is as good as it gets until I die and go be with Jesus. I would like to get all the teachers that taught that and slap them in Jesus' name <laughs> with a holy slap. I mean, that, that, I, I, I'm exaggerating. I'm, I'm trying to express the, the angst that's in my soul that I believed it, and I know most of us have believed it, and we're still trying to detox from it because we have this relationship with God that's for the, the, the sweet by and by, and it's not for right now seeing the kingdom come in power and authority. And so we kind of find a way to cope through life, finding that if I really try to believe Jesus and pursue Jesus, things start to get a little rough. And so I cower back and get back inside my safety turtle shell. Why? Because the enemy doesn't want you to believe the truth. He doesn't want you to receive the truth and he definitely doesn't want you to act upon it. So he will continue to use his fear tactics to try to keep the church as neutral as it possibly can be on the earth and not make waves. But I thought we were supposed to change the whole world. I thought the mandate was those that have turned the world upside down have now come to our town. That's what the church is supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be bringing the love and the power of God into a region into a locality and turn it upside down in a loving, glorious way. I think that's what we're called to today. We're called to face-to-face -face relationship with God. Face-to-face -face with the Holy Spirit. Face-to-face -face with Jesus. We're not to wait and just try to abide until Jesus returns. When he returns, hopefully he'll find us like the one that had five and made ten. Yeah. Well, a couple other things. Well, in John, it's, it's just a desire to, 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 you know, with John, the, the beloved, the, the disciple whom Jesus loved, John... John just seemed to manifest something of the heart of Jesus, he, his love relationship with Jesus, so much so that, you know, even when he's writing a second and third epistle, 
His heart is not that he writes a letter. He wants to see his, he wants to see his beloved ones face to face. He just doesn't want to send them a letter. He wants to be in their presence. And that's, that's why we need, to, we need to shift our relationship with Jesus. And we need to, you know, it's, it's not just about reading the word. It's about being in his presence while we're reading his word. It's about being with him and enjoying him as we're reading the letters that were written under inspiration. The author of Hebrews says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus. Let us have a face-to-face relationship with Jesus that doesn't wait till next Sunday that continues throughout this day and all through tomorrow, that we have a relationship with Jesus that transcends our day off. It transcends our vacation time. It transcends all the times when somehow we have this tendency to compartmentalize our lives. And this is the time that I meet with God. And over here's the time that I do my work. And over here's when I do my family. And we get everything compartmentalized. And we need to understand that the face-to-face relationship with Jesus transcends everything. His glory will change the world because it'll change us. Amen? Amen. Okay. So I want you to get real close, face-to-face with Jesus. That's why I save communion for the end. He's prepared a table, a table that's an expression of his love, his power, his authority, and his sacrifice to change this world. And I pray that as you come forward and you receive this, whatever you need, whether it's something in your physical body, I'd love to see ears open today. To see deafness. Uh To just have ears open and to hear with great clarity. Mm Mm-hmm. Whatever it is that you need, as you come and receive the elements, believe that you're face-to-face with Jesus. Spend time. We're not in a hurry. Use the entire room. This is at the end of the service. Last one out, turn the lights out. Take your time. Enjoy his presence. You are the one that will determine whether this is an hour-and-a-half service or this is a three-hour service. Uh, Take as much time as you want to be with Jesus. Get face to face. I pray, Holy Father, that you would give us ears to hear what the Spirit's saying to the church today, that you'd move upon our hearts, that you would impassion us with a love and a courage that would no longer be timid about pursuing a deep, intimate relationship with you. Father, it's not just so that we can feel the warm fuzzies, but it's so that in your presence we might know the transformation of becoming the very sons and daughters that you created us to be, that we might carry the power and the authority of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that we might change Greenfield, Hancock County, Marion County, Hamilton County, Shelby County, Lord, that we might touch those that are broken and wounded, that we might care for them the way you've cared for us, that we might be a conduit of your power, your authority, and your love to all those who are hurting today. 
And so, Father, we come. On the merits of the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, that we have placed our faith and our trust and our confidence in his ability to grow us into full sonship, that we come to your table and we say thank you. You don't have to be a member of our church to participate at the table of the Lord. We practice a, an open communion. We come down the center aisle and then you feel free to, to go anywhere you want. I don't know if you've discovered these little kneeling benches. Oh, yeah. Ed Fence made those. Every Wednesday, I just spend a lot of time on them. They're just so wonderful. Just a wonderful place to commune with the Lord. You feel free to commune any way you want to. And we've got the lovely Mrs. Fence with us today. It's good to have you, Margaret. God bless you. So, Father, we just thank you for your love today. And we pray, Father, that as we receive, we will freely give. And so may you be honored. And may your glory fill the earth, just as you said it would. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes. 